God, we thank you <clears throat> that you reign above it all. We thank you that you are in control. We thank you that you see us. In that song, there's a lyric that says, Now from the lips of the forgiven, hear an anthem arise. God, from your people, from the people that you have sought after, Lord, we just pray. Lord, we lift our voices to you, God. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you have done in our lives. We thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. God, without you, none of this is possible. So God, today we give this service to you. Today we give our hearts to you. We turn our hearts and our minds towards your word. And God, we thank you that you give us this opportunity. We pray this in the name of your son. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Well, hey, good morning, friends. Um, thank you for joining us here again today. I love seeing your smiling faces. Uh, if you're joining us online, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we love you. You have been prayed for. Um, so if we haven't met yet, uh, my name is Holden. I am on staff here at Regen. Um, my official title is pretty long. And so you can call me, as I've been telling the contractors that I've been working with, the office manager or your church secretary, whichever you prefer. It just depends on what hat you need in the moment. This is your first time joining in. Uh, we are in a series called Teach Us to Pray. It is based on the Lord's Prayer, uh, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And since June... Each week, we have been learning about a different characteristic of God and how those characteristics affect our prayer lives. So what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and will you join me in praying the Lord's Prayer in the New Jewish Testament translation. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us the food we need today. Forgive us what we have done wrong, as we too have forgiven those who have wronged us. And do not lead us into hard testing, but keep us safe from the evil one. For kingship, power, and glory are yours forever. Amen. So last week, Amanda gave us an awesome sermon on the importance of asking for God's forgiveness for ourselves and how it affects our prayer lives. She focused on this part of the passage, forgive us what we have done wrong. Today, though, I would like to focus on the second half of that line, as we too 
have forgiven those who have wronged us. This part in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is teaching us the importance of forgiveness, not just for ourselves. We seek forgiveness in our prayer lives. We seek forgiveness as children of God. We seek forgiveness from the inside, not from the outside trying to get back in. Something that we have the privilege to do when we ask for forgiveness. But there is more to it than just seeking forgiveness for ourselves. We are meant to seek forgiveness, but we are also meant to forgive. Forgiving people is such a part of our prayer that unforgiveness can actually hinder our prayer lives. So if you would, please take a look with me at Mark 11, starting in verse 22. It's Mark 11, verse 22. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that, you will that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. See, before this passage, Jesus and the disciples were heading uh, to the temple in Jerusalem. And when they left, Jesus had saw a fig tree, and he was hungry. And he was like, he saw that there was no fruit on this tree, and so he cursed it. Fast forward to the next day after clearing out the temple. Um, they left Jerusalem again, and the disciples saw this fig tree. And Peter exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. And Jesus uses this opportunity to teach the disciples an important lesson on faith and prayer. See, verses 22 and 23 are specifically speaking about faith and miracles. Jesus cursed the fig tree. Because of that, it withered and died. Jesus tells the disciples that by their faith, by their faith they can do these great things as well. They can move a mountain if they have the faith for it. See, the power for the miracle is not from us. Rather, it is our faith in God that he will do the miracle. He has the power for the miracle. That is why the impossible becomes possible. But as we move into verses 24 through 26, we see a shift in Jesus' teaching. It goes from um, a teaching specifically about miracles into a more generalized teaching on prayer. It moves from miracles and impossibilities towards a generalized prayer. Jesus tells the disciples that if they believe in God and they believe that he will do what they are praying for, they will receive it. 
But he lays out a condition for their prayers. Some, caller, some scholars refer to this as a effective prayer. For prayer to be effective, it re requires a forgiving heart. Just like God has forgiven, so we should too forgive. In fact, Jesus tells us here that we need to forgive others so that God will forgive us. Does that sound familiar? It's basically a restatement of the Lord's Prayer. Lord, forgive us as we have forgiven others. Now, if you would, look with me at verse 26. Now, some of you are probably raising your hands right now and saying, hold in, my Bible goes verse 25, verse 27. There isn't a verse 26 in most Bibles. If you're anything like me, that's going to bother you to no end, and you will spend the rest of the service researching why there is no verse 26 here and miss out on the rest of the sermon. I've done that before, and I'm going to save you the trouble and just kind of give you an overview as to why. One of the things that we need to remember is that the Bible originally did not have verse numbers. Um, they were added at a later date to help find reference to specific verses. It's easier to find John 3.16 instead of looking through the entire Bible for God so loved the world. Now when the Bible would have been written down, there wasn't a copier like we have in the secretary's office. Instead, there were scribes who would have written it down by hand and passed it out. And so there's many different manuscripts and some of them have some things that were added that referenced another part of the Bible. Some of them didn't have it. And when the translators were looking at these manuscripts, they picked the ones that seemed to have were the most alike to really um, write down and translate. And some of the older translations have verse 26, while the newer ones do not. So if you're looking at... Um, let's say the KJV or the NASB, you most likely have a verse 26. That's because they are a more literal translation and tend to use the older manuscripts that had verse 26, whereas some of the newer translations do not. But since it's there and uh, since it isn't there in most translations, what does it say? See, verse 26 says, but if you refuse to give your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. Now, first reading this, I was like, wow, that sounds a little harsh. Some would argue that it doesn't belong here because it doesn't sound like the nature of God because he is a forgiving God. But really, it echoes what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15, But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Our level of prayer and forgiveness directly correlates to our forgiveness of others. Let me, let me say that again. Our level of prayer and forgiveness directly correlates to our forgiveness of others. 
not the forgiveness that, forgiveness that happens when we accept Jesus. When we accept Jesus, our sins are blotted out. We are, made, we are justified in God's eyes. But it's the forgiveness of our daily sins. The improper thoughts that we have throughout the day. The anger that we allow to boil inside of us. The road rage we experience when we get cut off merging onto the highway. Those sins can become a wall between us and God. Now, not forgiving someone can cause many sins in our lives. Anger, resentment, bitterness, and a hard heart. It creates feelings of fear, insecurity, depression, and anxiety. Now, here's the thing about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is an emotional and mental state of distress. It creates a barrier between us and God. Fear replaces peace. And imprisonment replaces freedom. Now, if you have done some inner healing, um, one of the inner healing courses with our friends Mark and Anna Burgess, some of this may sound familiar to you. I was part of an inner healing course uh, last year, and their lessons around forgiveness had really helped me work through some forgiveness in my own life. And it was hard. Guys, forgiveness is hard. It shouldn't be but it is. The reason that forgiveness is hard is because there's sometimes a misunderstanding of what forgiveness actually is. So let me share with you real quick just a few things what forgiveness is not. See, forgiveness is not making an excuse for the person who has wronged you. Instead, it is saying, I was wronged, but I'm, not choose I'm choosing to let go of my feelings of anger, resentment, and revenge. Forgiveness is not suppressing the hurt. We don't want to suppress the hurt we have because it ends up brewing and festering into something worse. It is not letting someone off the hook. It's what I was taught. Rather, it's putting it in God's hands. When we forgive someone, we're saying they aren't, we are not saying they aren't responsible for their actions. But we are saying that we are responsible for our reactions. See, forgiveness is not forgetting about the wrongdoing. Rather, it is not holding their sins or our sins against someone. It's letting go of those feelings and trusting God to handle them. Forgiveness does not mean you have to trust them again. 
In fact, boundaries are a very healthy thing. So if forgiveness isn't those things, what is forgiveness? Well, first I would say that forgiveness is a choice. We are choosing to be obedient to what God has called and commanded us to do. Forgiveness is a sacrifice. And let's just get real for a second. Um, I don't know about any of you, but for myself, when somebody hurts me, the last thing on my mind is forgiving them. Like when they really hurt me. I don't want to forgive them. My first reaction is to just say, I want to get back at you. But we choose to be obedient to what God has asked us to do. And because it is something that God has asked us to do, that makes it possible for us to do, even when it feels like it's impossible. It isn't easy, but it is possible, and it is healthy. One final thought on what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is an act of mercy and love. It is accepting and living with someone's sin and letting go of it. Not because they deserve it, but because it is an outpouring of God's love and power. Now, if you have been around the church for any length of time, you have heard plenty of sermons on forgiveness and why we should forgive. And while the Bible says many important things about the way we are called to forgive and why we are called to forgive, sometimes looking at something from a different perspective can help enlighten us to why we should. So I used to kind of be a nerd. <laughs> okay, I'm still a nerd. But I really loved science. Not science fiction, but science. I loved finding out how things worked. Why things reacted the way that they did. I used to consider myself kind of a chemist. Um, my parents were not very happy about that. Um, I've always enjoyed seeing how God made things and trying to understand it. Now, one of my favorite things is when science and God meet up. Let me read you an excerpt from an article from John Hopkins Medicine Journal. There is an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. Chronic anger puts you into a flight, a fight or flight mode, which results in numerous changes in heart rate, blood pressure, and immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calm stress levels, 
leading to improved health. Forgiving people leads to a better physical life as well as a spiritual life. When we hold on to anger and hurt, our bodies respond negatively. It begins to affect the way our hearts and our brains works. It, restrict, it restricts our blood flow. I know that when I'm angry, I always end up with this pounding headache. And it's because my blood pressure and my heart rate has gone up so much that my head literally feels like it's about to explode. And if I had that feeling all the time, I do not know how I would cope with it. I would just be angry and yelling all the time. Another interesting part of this article is they said that forgiveness becomes more important later in life because it helps lower stress, blood pressure, and chances of a stroke. They make the comment that as you release anger, resentment, and bitterness, you begin to feel empathy, compassion, and affection for the person who wronged you. Let me, let me say that one more time. As you release anger, resentment, and bitterness, you begin to feel empathy, compassion, and affection for the person who wronged you. Guys, they have sci scientifically proven that when you forgive, you become more like Jesus. And this is an amazing thing. We forgive because our bodies literally feel better because of it. But okay, maybe you, know, you don't care about your body about your physical well-being. That's fine. Some of us don't. Um, some spiritual reasons that we forgive. Well, I got those for you. Like I said earlier, we forgive out of obedience to God. We see Jesus telling us in Mark 11 to forgive when we pray. The Lord's Prayer tells us to forgive Jesus, when talking to Peter about forgiveness, tells us that forgiveness should just become a habit in our lives. We should give 70, we should forgive 70 times 7. You're forming a habit of forgiveness. Another reason we should forgive is because we have been forgiven. Ephesians 4:31 and 32 tell us that we should rid ourselves of all anger, bitterness, rage, brawling, slander, and any form of malice. We should be kind and compassionate. Forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven us. In the words of C.S. Lewis, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Another reason is so that the enemy cannot take advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 tells us to forgive others so that the enemy cannot outwit us. The enemy can use unforgiveness, the bitterness, the anger, and other feelings it creates 
as a way to form a barrier between us and God. He can plant little seeds in those little spots of our hearts. But the good news is, we already know that this is his plan. And so instead of letting him outwit us, we can outwit him. Through forgiveness, prayer, and confession of those feelings, the enemy cannot use them against us. Now, you often hear the phrase around here uh, that we are living examples, not perfect examples. In fact, forgiveness is something that I have struggled with because from a very early age, I was taught to hold grudges. I was taught that that is what you do. You hold grudges to hurt other people. But I want to share with you guys what forgiveness has looked like in my life. Uh, for those of you who don't really know my story, uh, I am a child of divorce. My parents split up when I was in third grade, and I never had a good relationship with my biological father. See, growing up, um, he wasn't the greatest father. He was kind of abusive, kind of left for a while. And it really led to me being angry and bitter towards him. I spent years hanging on to that anger. I held on to it so much that as a teenager, I didn't speak to him for over 12 months. No matter how much he reached out, no matter how many times my mother said, you have to go over there because I want you out of this house for the weekend. I refused. I would not go over, and the one time that she made me, I put a hole through the wall in my bedroom. I was angry at the way that he had treated me. I was angry at the way he treated my siblings and my mother. The way I felt like he had abandoned us. And as I got older, I learned to kind of let go of those feelings, kind of suppress them so that they didn't have as much hold in my life. And then I went on a journey of healing and forgiveness because I didn't like the way that those feelings made me feel. See, during that journey, my father and I formed a relationship. It's not a father-son relationship. We'll never have that, and that's okay. It's more of a friendship. I care and I have compassion for him, but I have boundaries with him. Honestly, it was one of the hardest things I had ever done. But I didn't do it for him. I did it for me. The anger, the bitterness, the resentment, all of that didn't hurt him. It hurt me. It had made me spiritually dry. It had made it difficult to hear from God. It had made it get to the point where like, I felt like God wasn't with me anymore. Now, forgiveness is not easy. It is something that we have to make the choice to do. A habit that we work to cultivate in our lives until it becomes second nature to us. What does forgiveness look like? Well, for me, it was a constant going to the cross about those feelings. It was going to God and confessing my own sins of resentment, my own sins of anger. When we allow unforgiveness to fester in our hearts, we allow it to form a barrier. 
It makes it difficult for us to pray. It makes it difficult for us to ask for forgiveness, to have an intimate relationship with God. And so today, I just want to give you guys a starting point for practicing forgiveness. Here at Regen, we believe in not just hearing the word, but responding to the word. Like last week, though, we are going to have a different type of response time today. When you came in today, there was a handout on your seat. And this, is, this handout was something that was shared with us in the Inner Healing course. Uh, if you are joining us online, we will actually have this on a slide as well. Um, and honestly, this had just this worksheet had just been a really good starting point for myself when I've started to work through forgiveness because there's always some unforgiveness that you forget about or that you've hidden from yourself. And so this just kind of gives you a minute to like think and reflect on it. So what I want to do is I want to go ahead and take the next five to ten minutes and work through this with you. So if you guys would, would you join me in a prayer real quick? God, we thank you for the opportunity to move closer to you. Right now, I bind any device of the enemy that would seek to speak, influence, distract, or cause problems while we do this exercise. God, we thank you that you are here and that you are bringing to mind our unforgiveness. So after you pray, the next step is to ask God to bring to your mind people that you need to forgive. God, I ask you now that you bring just one person to mind that I need to forgive. Sometimes it helps to write it down. But once you've asked God to bring somebody to your mind, maybe it's been multiple people that popped into your head while you were praying, you can just write their name down on a sheet of paper, and then you just pick one. It doesn't have to be the hardest one. But if you see in step three, there's a little table and it just gives a good way to just kind of like think through the unforgiveness. And so you just write down the name of the person that you're looking to forgive. And then you write down the things that you need to forgive them for. For example, forgetting my birthday or shouting at me. 
So actions, attitudes, specific events, words, patterns, things they failed to do, sinful character traits. And then just write down how that made you feel. The examples here are when he forgot their birthday, made, made you feel unworthy, unloved, forgotten, or shouting at me, made me feel unsafe, ashamed, and unprotected. So while we take a minute to write those down and just think through that, just pray what God is doing in your heart. So what we're going to do now is if you have multiple people on the list, you can pray through the list multiple times. If you have one person, we're just going to pray. And now, if this is something that was traumatic, if this is something that is really hard to work through, don't feel like you have to work through it by yourself. you can invite other people into this practice with you. If you want to work through something today, the oversight team that is here would love to pray with you through it. And you can meet with them today after service during the last song. They'll be in the back of the room and they would love to pray with you. But let's pray real quick. Father, I choose to forgive, and then whoever it is that you're choosing to forgive for whatever your reason is. Because it made me feel guilty. Continuing our prayer, we just thank God for forgiveness. Father, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that you are here and that you are willing to take care of this. God, we give all rights to revenge to you. And we ask you, Father, to bless this person. Now we enter a time of confession where, Father, 
we confess our sins and actions towards this person. Father, I confess where, we ha- where I have been sinful, where I've had sinful thoughts and attitudes. I ask for your forgiveness and I ask that you would come and bring healing and restoration to my heart. we continue Father today I pray that I have confessed my sins and I have declared forgiveness towards them today and because of this the enemy no longer has can no longer use these feelings for any schemes that he has God we belong to you And I believe that you are a God of healing and restoration. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now the last step to this is to recognize any lies you have embraced through these offenses and you can write a list of those down but you need to replace them with the truth just a couple examples that I have here is I am unworthy and what is the truth to that lie you are worthy God has chosen you I am unwelcome I am accepted and loved A while ago, during our inner healing um, sermon series, Kyle had passed out a handout of truths and lies. If you still have that, great. If not, and if you want one, I would be more than happy to send you a copy of that this week. Just get in contact with me. I think I still have some printed copies around here. I'd have to double check. But forgiveness isn't easy but it is so worth it. And so as we move into a time of worship, if you would please stand and worship with us. If you want prayer, if you want prayer to help you through this forgiveness, our oversight team will be in the back and they're willing and ready to pray with you. Amen. Amen.